So hi, uh, this episode is kind of a bit of a different episode. So what we decided to do was ask some of the patients the questions that you guys had sent in. I also wanted to talk to the patients and the staff and give them a bit of feedback about how the podcast has been received. So we've had loads of messages online, loads of stuff sent in by people saying that they're really appreciating listening to it and they're getting stuff out of it. So I wanted to show them that, you know, the work they're doing and being recorded and getting it out is having a good impact. So sit back and listen and... I'll catch you on the other side of this interview. We're back again. We're very lucky. We've got uh, a patient from the first episode. Yeah. And we've got Michael from the first episode. And what we're going to do today is we're going to ask you questions that people have asked from the podcast. So people have been listening, have been asking lots of questions. And you can ask them or you can't, if you don't know what to say, you don't have to answer them. All right. So we'll start with the first one. Alice from Sussex has asked, uh, what daily checks happen with the patients and can you describe what an average day looks like in a psychiatric hospital? Most people get the medication in the morning. Yeah. I have medication twice a day and um, I'm on clozapine, which has been a good drug for me since I was uh, re- recently on the um, depot. Um, it's an injection drug. But that didn't really uh, go too well with me. But now I'm on the clozapine. I've got right and I've got better. Everybody in St Andrews has been brilliant. Even though, because some people say clozapine's got a lot of side effects. Well, you get, you do, it can make you like saliva. Mm. And you, you take a pill called the Quell and it reduces saliva. But it's all in all around good medication, I'd say, uh, clozapine. It helps with them. Um, all different kinds of mental health status, like hearing voices or um, uh, not hearing voices, but having paranoia or concerns. Or well, that's good. So, Michael, maybe I could ask you. I don't think there is an average day, but what generally what happens in a day? A typical day, John. We obviously we would come and arrive at work, clock yeah. in, and um, then we would ha- get together as a group, as, as a nursing team with the um, previous shifts nursing team and have a short discussion about each individual patient just to let us know you know how they cope through the previous shift uh, and how things go any major issues that need to be discussed and then after that it's just full steam ahead for the day um, making sure everybody's fed water medication dispensed or therapeutic activities we obviously keep throughout the day try to encourage everybody to attend as many therapeutic activities because i know i keep saying like an average day but what i mean by that is sometimes just random stuff can happen or stuff gets thrown in that you can't predict and you just have to roll with that so you have you have a general plan i guess just today you know i was uh, asked to come and take part in a podcast and uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen that every day of the week you know so yeah we, we, we do manage to fit in um, Various curveballs, curveballs, yeah, and they come in all all directions, really. So, well, great. So, I suppose the answer is that there is no average day, but you just do your best on the day. We're not, I wouldn't say we're continually firefighting because that's not the case. We plan and manage these things as best we can, but obviously, like you say, unplanned things do occur, and a plan is a plan. It's not set in stone, and we try yeah. we just cope with it as the day goes on. That's fair enough. Uh, Jan from Switzerland, so you're getting people from all over the place. Asked. Um, how do you qualify to get into hospital and what's the normal length of stay? Like, how did you manage to get in here, I suppose, would be the question. How did you qualify to get in? Well, I'm from Chesterfield and um, 
Uh, I was really poorly in the um, uh, prison when I was in prison in Chesterfield. Mm. And uh, I've been smoking a lot of the spice, synthetic cannabis and mm. things like salvia. So you had like a drug-induced thing and you became yeah. very unwell and that's how you ended up in here? Now I feel fine. Yeah. I'm getting up, I should be getting out soon and I'm looking forward to my discharge. But... I'll say this is St Andrews has been brilliant. It's been the best hospital I've ever been been in. The night coordinators look after you. I'll be leaving soon out of the hospital. Mm. It'll be the next couple of months. But like, I feel really well now. And, uh, and the St Andrews, someone's mentioned. I'm not sure where, but this is our like St Andrews success story. So. Mm. And I've got one for you, uh, Michael. So this comes from Paddy. He says, having worked in a challenging environment, does it affect your own mental health? Well, obviously, you, uh, you see plenty of things you don't see, that the average person wouldn't see um, in their life, I guess. So you end up, you can cope with seeing stressful situations much more easily than maybe, I guess, similar to an ambulance driver. They would see a lot of... Um, things you don't become uncaring you just mm. learn ways of coping with um, sometimes violent um, incidents or maybe tragic you know traumatic incidents all these sort of things so you, get, you sort of learn you don't get shot so it makes it easy for you mm. to cope but then I thought I find I don't know about you but I find that it'll come back at some point so you're gonna have to deal with that thing that you've seen yeah I mean I think sometimes you could you, you might be dealing with a traumatic incident somewhere away from your ward or and then of course you come back to your ward and the people all that you're now surrounded with don't maybe realize what you've just been through mm. and um you know it can take you a little while to recover from uh, mm. from you know whatever's just happened you know? and sometimes obviously you've got to go home carrying this little burden yeah because there's a big thing big movement at the moment where people are saying we need to be self-compassionate so we need to look after yourself first or else you won't be able to look after anybody because you just kind of burn out so i suppose yeah we do need to look after ourselves maybe a spa day or something well if you're offering you know, <laughs> sure to be a big budget after the podcast no, <laughs> only so uh but and asking you so so what happens when you see because you must see things on the ward that are quite um yeah not nice i guess and the only problem with the hospital is it, it's a bit like just get very boring and never thought of it that way i suppose yeah the other way so Obviously, sometimes there's incidents, but then there's a lot of time where there's not much to do, and it, you know, can be a bit. Yeah. So, what do you do in them times? Well, I've always liked music and mm. um, poetry and cooking, so as much chance to get to all the three things what I'm good at, I try and do it as much as I can, mm. as much as I possibly can. I go out as much as I possibly can because I'm, I'm now, well, I say 98% well now. That's brilliant. So, I've got another question here. So, um, Stu has asked, what do you miss from the outside? So, what do you miss from being in the well, community? I miss from the outside. Like, I do drink alcohol and things like that, just in moderation. Hmm. And I do miss, like, sitting in the um, beer garden, like, if it's an England match or something like that, and having hmm. a few pints and, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's normal, I suppose, because, you know, it's something you can't do when you're in here. No. Um, uh, well, I've got another one here from Des. It says, did you know you were unwell when you were having your psychotic episode and how aware were you? Well, when I was in here and I was unwell, I was doing, like I said before on the podcast last mm. time, 
I was getting in the shower with my clothes on. I was constantly yeah. washing my hands. And I suppose, did, so did you know you were doing that? Like being a dream, really, to be honest. Right. Like, I couldn't really work out why I was doing it. I'm like, I was drinking from the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... So it's almost like you, you knew it, but you couldn't stop it. Is that what you're saying, or...? Half, 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 like, there and half not, mm. you know what I mean? But like, I'm just looking forward to the future now. Yeah. I'm going to get discharged soon. I just thank everybody here for getting the well. Brilliant. And Michael, I've got another question for you. So this one comes from Eleanor, asking, do they still use drug-induced comas to reset the brain after nervous breakdowns? I don't know, but I think that's to do with electroshock therapies, you know, in... Um, back in the day. Back in the day? Well, well, I say that, but I mean, it's still widely used now, but... We, uh, we don't, as far as I know, I've never... There's no facility in this uh, establishment to carry out that procedure, but I'm sure no. they do it. Uh, I've heard a rumour they do it in private hospitals somewhere, but I'm not mm. really... But the only person I know who ever had that treatment, in actual fact, was um, a qualified nurse who had um, mm. mental health problems uh, with depression and such like, and... Um, he said it was the uh, one treatment that had the biggest positive effect on him. But that's about as much as I could say about Yeah, it. and, uh, like, it gets a really bad rap because, obviously, you know, it's... It's extreme. Isn't yes, it? but, I mean, now it's a lot more sanitised so people are kind of knocked out or they're kind of anaesthetised and, and done in kind of the best way they can. And lots of people swear by it. Lots of people say it has really helped. And, it's got, and it gets really good results. But I think the thing where people are a bit sceptical is they're still not 100% sure why it works. So they know that you're electrocuting the brain and it might be resetting something, but they don't know why it works. So sometimes people are a bit wary of something. They don't know the exact in and outs of why it's working. But, um, but yeah, still very popular um, for some people, but in extreme cases. But like, as I say, we don't use that in the hospital. I think we've only got one more left. This was one we had from online. Uh, a lady called Katie said, do you get to see your records and what do you do if they're untrue? Yeah, I've... Um this hospital, look, my notes have been positive. Mm. That's why I say this is the best hospital because they know me as a genuine person. Right. So you have a bit of experience, but what what can you do if if you so if you're not happy, say here, if someone has written a note and you go, well, oh, that's not true actually, that didn't happen. What what can you do? I suppose you could tell advocacy or mm. something like that. Tell a word of them and tell me that's not right. And you know yeah. what I mean? Michael, have you got any experience of perhaps patients? Maybe you've written something and they don't agree with what you've written. Does that make, or maybe they you've said something has happened and they're not agreeing with what you think has happened. So I can't think of any instance where um, you know I've written something on a patient's day-to-day notes where they've taken sort of offence or whatever. And, um, but I mean, if they did, it's, we try and be as open as we possibly can, and um, mm. we would definitely listen. We always listen, so we would take on board whatever the patient was saying and. Obviously, sometimes a patient might say something didn't happen when, in actual fact, it did happen. So, mm. you, but you're just trying to have an open and honest discussion about um, whatever that particular instance was, really. Very good. Well, that's the end of the questions. But I was just going to ask you guys about like, what's your experience of the podcast, so recording the podcast, for one. So how was your experience of recording it, talking to me? Um, I enjoyed doing it, really. Well, that's good. And uh, what about, because remember I told you that lots of people have sent feedback and said that they're yeah. getting a lot out of it and over 6,000 people now have, have listened to it. So, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that? I just hope they can take in what I've said and um, hope it helps in the future. I would, I would agree. And Russell Brand, he tweeted as well. Yeah, Russell Brand, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> he's a good fella, isn't he? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, but uh, it's good that we're getting like you and patients and people involved and recorded because that doesn't happen very often. And Michael, we'll ask you. What do you think about the, the public's response? So it seems to have got a positive response. So people seem to be listening and getting something out of it. Well, any feedback I've seen um, over the internet or where you've posted things on various um, platforms, people seem to have liked it and um, they probably have an interest in mental health, maybe mm. they're studying or whatever, and um, or just want an insight into what's going on. It seems to have uh, opened people's eyes. And um, Do you feel that people still don't really know what it's like to work in this place? I remember I asked you the oh, first sure time. I don't. I mean, mm. even nowadays you see people arrive for their first day at work and you think they really don't know what type of environment they they look very apprehensive and once mm. they settle in they realize maybe you know it's not quite as so maybe we should let everyone that starts working in they have to listen to the podcast that's a very good idea. Yeah, we'll definitely help. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen the the Joker, the movie Joker? Have you seen that? Have you seen it? I haven't seen. I think it's very good. It is very good, but there is a, a a hospital in that. I don't want to give away the end or anything, but there's a, like a classic. You know, all the patients wearing white coats, all the staff wearing white coats, people in straight jackets. You know, the the classic Hollywood image of a hospital. So that's still out there, and of course, people are going to see that and assume that's what this hospital was like. Well, I mean, we're sitting in a room at the moment, John, I know we're in a little corner of the room over here, but I mean, there's, looking around, there's various drum kits and guitars and pianos and computers, and, you know, I mean, you wouldn't think that would be in a hospital, would you? but here hmm. we are, and we're sitting in a room full of all this equipment. So. so what would you say is the one difference to that image, to the hospital that we actually work in? It's a far more positive experience for hmm. um, people, uh, patients, Obviously, not all the patients would think that at the time if they're going through a crisis, but I'm sure a lot of them would look back and think, hang on, it wasn't, you know, that, that helped me. And we try to help people to our best of our abilities. You know, obviously, <laughs> not everyone leaves happy, but, you know, hopefully they leave in a better place and more safe than when mm. they arrived. That's all you can ask for. Have you got any final thoughts or anything you want to say to anyone out there? Anyone who's listening, or people who have been listening? I'll say just never give them hope. What a beautiful sentiment I think that is. I couldn't ask for a better way to end it. Thanks guys for coming. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Okay, so that's it. So that's the final recording of the On the Ward podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed them. I hope you enjoyed this one, and I hope you enjoyed all of the previous episodes. I know I keep saying it's the last one, but I hope not. I hope we'll be able to um, listen to a little bit more in the future, uh, because I think it's been great getting the patients to talk and getting the staff to talk and getting everybody to listen to each other. Uh, before I go, I just want to say a few thank yous. So I must thank Joe and Tommy, who are our editors. They managed to take all the stuff that I record and make it kind of vaguely coherent. Um, I've got to thank the hospital where we're recording because they've been nothing but supportive to me. Um, that's everyone from the doctors to consultants to nurses to managers. Everybody has been um, supportive. Some have been a little bit sceptical, which is fine, um, but nobody has said no, and that's really important. So when I explained to them what I was trying to do, everybody kind of got on board, um, so I must thank the hospital. Uh, I've also got to thank uh, you, so the listener. So without you guys, this wouldn't be happening. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, got to thank the staff who appeared on the podcast because um, it's a little bit strange recording yourself 
but they were very brave in talking to me and gave up some of their free time. Some did it in their lunch break, some did it after work, so I must thank the staff that appeared. And lastly, I've got to thank the patients. I have to say that I'm really privileged to kind of work with these patient group. They're so um, great and fantastic and so brave. Uh, they have some of the most serious illnesses and yet they keep trying and they keep um, wanting to help others. So getting them to record their kind of uh, story is something uh, that I'll never forget. And I know I say it to everyone, but I do feel a bit Hollywood that I think I owe it to them to get their story out. They were so um, fantastic coming forward and telling stories and hoping that they could help someone else in the future. So that says a lot about them, that, that even in their worst moments, they're trying to help others. Uh, and I suppose this goes for the patients that I've recorded with and the patients I work with or anybody out there that's uh, suffering with mental illness that, you know, there is hope and uh, just to keep going. Uh, so that's it. That's the final episode of On The Ward. Bye for now.